This is the ACS Memory Palace. I made in Coppins, and many thanks to Nate DeMeo for his inspiration. Let's travel back in time together to 1425. More specifically, to Domremy, a small village in the northeast of France. Domremy is and was a small agrarian-based commune, with not a lot going on except for the busy people trying to get a small wage to keep their families going. I want to zero into a peasant family, the surname Tark, Romain, or possibly the Ruthon. It is unclear which one was accurate before this story our main character Joan chose the last name to Arc. Young Joan to Arc grew up in a typical peasant household, training with her mother to be a lady and wife, while her brother and father worked as farmers in preparation for winter famine. Typically, teenagers in the 13th century were preparing for marriage and motherhood and thinking about how to survive poverty, but our protagonist was thinking about how to win the war. At 13 years old, Joan began having hallucinations. Though she was startled by them at first, she began to trust them. They would tell her to go to church, go help that man in with her child, and pray every night. One night, she received visions of the angel Michael, Saint Margaret, and Saint Catherine of Alexandria, instructing her to support Charles VII and recover France from English domination late in the Hundred Years' War. She never met the king, but she understood she was an important role in his victory. Before she could meet such an important man, she first had to prove herself to the towns and higher-ups in France, and three years later was granted a meeting with France's heir to the throne, Dauphine Charles. Joan believed in her visions, so she traveled to Vacalore in May of 1428 to ask him to trust her visions and expel the English. Now prior to meeting Dauphine for the first time, he wanted to see if her abilities were real, so he played a trick on her. He gave her a meeting time and place, then hid the crowds as a normal member of his court. However, the challenge was too easy for her. Joan picked him out of the masses without ever having laid eyes on him. When Joan first met Delphine, it said she was able to recite to him a prayer that he was silently thinking of. She was also able to tell the whereabouts of a sword that had been hidden in the church's altar. Still wary, Charles then requested Joan to be examined by theologians. They found nothing wrong with her, just a single-minded girl, and at 17 years old, sent her to battle. In the Battle in Orleans, with Joan on the front lines, the French managed to take control of the English defenses in a series of battles. The men behind her command were skeptical, so to gain their trust and avoid being a target, she chopped her hair and wore men's clothing. Men before her, troop, kept charging through the middle of the battlefield, and the angels were met with many wasted souls. Now, as her group arrived to the battlegrounds, they noticed piles and piles of failed mansions in French armor, and it was then the angels sent the new female commander inside at their enemy's side. Joan instructed the army to attack from the west. She knew the English were at least prepared there. Her group, skeptical, followed her lead. She gained territory only nine days later, faster than any commander before her, and several additional swift victories led to Charles VII's consecration at Reims. It was there she received the nickname, the Maid of Orleans. Over time, the stories of heroes changed to get more people interested in their tales. For Joan, there were many adjustments to her image. People made her to be a soldier who killed men mercilessly. The truth is she never fought. She won 13 battles with the French and never killed a man. She was too valuable to be treated as a soldier. Against contrary belief, she wasn't captured at battle. The Burgundian faction, a group of French nobles allied with the English and handed her over where she was put on trial. Against contrary belief, she wasn't killed because she was a witch, but for stealing a horse cross-dressing, 
and speaking to such high holy beings. At 19, Joan was executed in the middle of the marketplace in Rune, with roughly 10,000 people crowded around to watch. The courageous teenager's last words, even at the last moment of her short life, were, Jesus. No one cheered for it, nor did anyone go against it. Some believed they made a grand mistake and that burning their connection to the angels would have severe consequence. Others believed she was deranged, which modern scientists agree with, as in recent diagnostic showed that there were evidence that she showed signs of epilepsy, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and psychiatric condition that triggered hallucinations or delusions. No one will ever know if they lost a heretic or a saint. Depends on who you ask in their belief. Years later, there were rumors of what actually happened to her. One theory is that she escaped and her brother had helped her find a comfortable life where she was treated like a god. Another is when she had been burned to the stake, they displayed her body to show the people that the reason they had been losing the battles had been defeated. It was also rumored that her heart survived the blaze impact. In 1456, an inquisitorial court authorized Pope Calaxis III to examine the trial, where he was able to debunk the charges against her, pronounce her innocent, and declare her a martyr that it was too little too late. In the 16th century, she became a symbol for the Catholic League and in 1803 declared a national symbol of France by the decision of Napoleon Bonaparte. It was still too little too late. She was canonized as a saint in 1920, and now as the patron saint of France. She was killed for intelligence or her closeness to holy figures, so all of this fondness was too little, too late. Thanks for listening.